Now, I am breaking from our study in the book of Ephesians. I, I felt that not everybody was going to be here today, and I want to make sure everybody's tracking in the book of Ephesians, so I'm waiting till next Sunday to get back to that. What I want to preach this morning is what I believe is going to save this nation and what's so important for this nation, and that is to walk in the Spirit. The church needs to walk in the Spirit. How many of you know that? And we've not been doing it. And God wants us to walk by the authority and the unction of the Spirit of God. And so I want to teach something to you today. I hope it's going to break into your soul, break into your spirit, man, and help you understand what God has done through Christ dwelling in us. Amen? We're to walk in the Spirit. Now, uh, we believe that we are made of three parts, and here's the verse that tells us that. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's a powerful scripture. How many of you know that's what God wants to do with his church, his people? his spirit-filled people, his born-again people. He wants to do what? Sanctify us completely. Let's break this down for a minute. First of all, a favorite name that God, uh, that Paul uses when he speaks in his writings is the God of peace. I think of Romans 16, when the God of peace shall put Satan under your feet. Amen? See, peace, the shalom of God. He is Jehovah Shalom. How many of you need peace this morning? You need the peace of God. Now, many of us think peace is just having that sense of there's no problems whatsoever. And I don't know what planet you're living on. <laughs> but the peace of God passes your understanding. It means it goes past your reasoning, past your understanding, and it sits in your spirit and settles the fact that God is in control. God is on the throne, right? Many of you are worried about all the different things when God is shalom, he is peace. And shalom means an ordered life, things that are in the right positioning in your life. How many of you know that things out of order cause problems? But God is the God who can bring things in order. This morning, God wants to bring things in order in your heart, in your mind. Some things are out of order. Some things are out of place, and God, the God, Jehovah Shalom, wants to bring order which will settle into peace. How many of you need that for your household? Amen? Amen. Amen. We need the, the Lord. But I love this. He says, may the God of peace himself, ain't going to send an angel, not going to send a preacher, not going to send a name, he's going to do this work. How many of you need God himself to do the work? Could you imagine if it was up to another Christian to sanctify you? Oh. No, 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 no. It's the work of God himself. God the Father wants to clean us up. He wants to wash us, cleanse us, sanctify us. He himself is doing the work. He has put his spirit within us to accomplish the job. It is a spirit of order. It is a spirit of peace. As the Holy Spirit in creation brooded over the waters, he was establishing 
piece the system of this entire universe in the order of God. How many of you know that this system of the universe is in perfect order? If the earth was out of position, if gravity was just a little less or a little more, if Jupiter wasn't in its proper orbit, everything in this universe would collapse. He's the God of peace and the God of order, and the Spirit is doing that work in us. You're not doing it yourself. You're cooperating with him. I'm hoping that you are. What's he want to do? Sanctify us. Sanctify you how much? Completely. That's a complete renovation. How many of you ever watched those home renovation shows? Every now and then they come in and they say, tear it down. You got to gut it. Amen? Well, we're a new creation. God is coming in, manifesting Himself in here, and the Spirit is brooding over us, and He's renovating us to be in the image of Christ Jesus Himself, that we would be sons of God, obedient as Christ was, and to look and act just like Jesus. Some translations say, sanctify you through and through, from the outer surface to the inner spirit man. He's going to sanctify us. What does sanctify mean? To separate from profane things and dedicate them to the Lord. You know, we used to be attached to profane things. Some of you still are. we got to work on that. Holy Spirit's working on that. Those things that are profane, those things that are not of God, we've picked them up, we've played with them, we've kept them in our pockets, we've put them in our brains. What are you watching? What are you listening to? And the world is becoming more and more profane, and we're accommodating it. And that is a war between the spirit of holiness and the profane. And he said, I'm going to clean you up. I want to wash you up. And this is where the church is. Many of the church are going towards the profane and compromising. But God is calling a remnant people out to be holy and righteous and pure as his spirit is cleaning us up. What part of us? Your whole being. Your spirit, your soul, and your body. And so how is he going to do this? We are made up of a body, of a soul, and a spirit. Now, when you were born again, what got born, what got birthed in you? Your spirit man. If once you were lost in sin and death, before anybody's born again, they're born with a dead spirit, dead in sin, inherited through Adam. And so the unsaved only have a body and a soul. And they're trying to operate in life the best they can through the, their body and their soul, which is their intellect, emotion, and will, trying to reason and think through life, gratifying what feels good. If it feels good, do it. And trying to enjoy life based of a body and a soul. But we were made to have three parts. So once we were born again, born from above, the Spirit gives birth to our spirit man. Now you have a spirit, a body, and a soul. Amen? Amen? And this is what Scripture says. So let's take a look at cleansing each one of those areas. All right? So first of all, Romans 7.21 says this. And Paul helps us grasp this understanding. He says, I delight in the law of God in my inner being. Now where would that inner being be? 
Spirit of God, Spirit of man, the Spirit within us, right? But I see in my members another law. What's our members? Our body, this flesh, this body. So there's something going on. In my inner man, I delight in God's law, in his word, and his perfections. But I see in my members another law, waging war against the law of my what? My mind, my soul, okay? Making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members, that's in my body. There's a war going on, brothers and sisters. The war is this, you grew up with a body and a soul, developing a, a, a capacity to exist and to thrive as best you could, making choices, sometimes with such pain you had to self-medicate this body and this mind, you've developed patterns of thought in your mind based on the lusts of your flesh, but now you got born again and the spirit man wants to be right with God and walk in holiness. And it's telling you what to do. But your body's saying, hey, wait a minute, don't you remember? This is what we do. And your mind's going, I don't know what to do. Who should I listen to? The spirit within or my body without? I'll go for the body. He'll forgive me anyway. Some people walk like that, right? No, so something, there's got to be a cleansing going on, and there's a war. Let me see, in all honesty, how many of you have experienced the war in your mind beside making those choices? All right, good, you're honest people. We do, and we will. And so there's a way by which we can overcome the lusts of our flesh, the confusion of our soul, and walk in the spirit man. That's what God wants us to do. And so let's take a look at this body. The members. This body, this flesh, is not only the skin on the outside, the bones on the inside, the organs, the mind, and how it all functions together. Right? And there are five senses. It's how we relate to the physical world around us. We can see what's going on. Right? But God says, I've given you a new way to see. Didn't he? Your spirit man can see. But we're so used to seeing with our own body what's here. And we think this is more real than the Spirit. When in fact the only reason this exists is because the Spirit of God gave it life. you got to see beyond it. We have ears to hear. Didn't Jesus always appeal to your spirit? Your ears hear what the Spirit is saying. Amen? So we have ears to hear. We have a nose to smell. We have a mouth to taste. And those... Uh, along with that, we have drives, certain drives. We can't go without eating, sleeping, drinking. Another drive is sex for procreation. These are drives. What happens when you have a perfect mechanism of this body created by God fall into sin? Those drives go haywire. With a dead spirit, those drives become the main motivator. How many of you remember that? And so I'm driven for these things. I want to eat, and then I want to eat some more. It tastes good, let's eat some more. Oh, but my heart's broken, I need to drink. I need some self-medicating. I can't figure things out. People are offending me. We have drives. That looks good. Maybe I'll take that. Maybe I'll take this. If you take away morality, what happens to the drives within the human body? 
that'll drive us into chaos, into disorder, into theft, into stealing, into violence, into lying for self-preservation. We become animalistic in the sense that we just move and are motivated by this drive system. How many of you remember a time in your life like that? Right? Then we have desires, what we want to become, who we want to be, who we want to be with. We need to socialize. We need to be with people. Who are you hanging with? And are they feeding a right desire? The thing, here's the thing with this system that God has. It's a mechanism. And then we call it the flesh. And I want you to know that the flesh, unbridled with God's tempering, left alone, is never satisfied. It always wants more. Do you know why? It just feels. So if it feels good, do it again. And then the endorphins are released. And now you need more stimulation. Do it again. And you need more and higher degrees. And you go into deeper levels of sin. Do you understand what's happening? These are the mechanisms with everybody here. And so God had a solution to the flesh. The remedy is to kill it. Now, wait a minute. I'm not asking you all to drink some Kool-Aid this morning. (laughs) Although we do have lemonade provided after the service. What does he mean, crucify the flesh? What he means is do not let your flesh, your body, be the preeminent. That should not be the the locomotive for your drive in life. It should not drive you. It should function to the purpose of the spirit man. It needs to be crucified with Christ, and your body must now serve the spirit within you. That's what it means. It needs to be crucified under the authority of Jesus Christ. And so we have a lot of Christians that have received Jesus, but they're still living by the lusts of their flesh. And we need to crucify the flesh. Let's talk about, this is a crash course, Galatians 5.24. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Those things are no longer going to rule me. Those things are no longer going to drive me. Those are not my first impulses. My first impulse is, what does thou say, O Lord? What would you have me to do? What is the Spirit saying to do? We crucify these desires. Can't handle the situation? You don't go to drink. You can't handle your emotional stress? You don't go to to snorting. You don't go to sex. You don't go to food. All of these are self-medicating things that will only cause destruction. They don't solve anything. They give you a temporary sense of what the Spirit can do permanently. The God of peace wants to sanctify you completely so in your body crucify those desires and go to the spirit of god how many of you know that so many of these things that we're addicted to are imitations of the spirit of god and they'll never satisfy they only minister to the flesh of your body what about the soul how do we define the soul that's our intellect that's your reasoning your mind your thinking our emotions That's how you feel about things. And then our will, our decision maker. I'll do this, I won't do that. And so we have a a, a time where as a culture, we were intellectuals. 
And we put Christianity away because we're too smart for that. We are now intellectuals. We have science. <laughs> and so in a post-Christian age, we became a scientific age. And science was going to save mankind. And science was going to fix everything. Well, we're much worse for that, aren't we? But isn't it interesting? Blink your eye, and we are now in a post-scientific age. How many of you know that? We've left science, and now we are in an emotional state. And all hell is breaking loose. Because now we're run by how we feel, how I feel, my truth, your truth, based on our emotional condition. And this is all soul-ish. And then we make our decisions based on my, in, my emotional feelings. Or we make our decisions on our understanding. But what's the Word of God say? Trust in the Lord with all of your might and lean not on your own understanding. But acknowledge Him in all of your ways and He'll make your path straight. He'll have this body move in the direction it should. We have to go to the Spirit man. But this is where many Christians are. Many of us are operating our faith out of our soul. We study the Word of God for our intellect, but we're not letting it penetrate the Spirit. Let me give you some examples with this. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Didn't, we, didn't he say that before? Crucify the flesh. Put this body as a living sacrifice. You put this body down to the will of God, not your will. That's your reasonable, that's your spiritual act of worship. That this body serves the Spirit of God and no longer serves your lusts and desires. So let's do that. Sacrifice the body. Then he says this, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. So this part of us, the, the body has to be under the control. It has to be crucified to the will of God. This part of us needs to be transformed. Your intellect and your reasoning now needs to be transformed, redeemed, and understanding the ways of God instead of the ways of the world. You used to reason based on the ways of the world. You know how many lies are stuck in our reasoning and in our intellect? You know how many lies you were brought up with? People telling you this about you, you're stupid, you're dumb, you'll never amount to much. God says, you are beautiful, you are great, I've created you for a purpose and a reason. What are you going to believe? You renew your mind to the Word of God. Your intellect. Right? Some of you were brought up of an, under an evolutionary th thinking. You thought everything happened through random mutation and thousands and millions of years. Then the Spirit of God busted into your life and showed you that there's a creator and a design. Now you've got to rethink. Reposition. Right? Some of you brought up in a broken home, in a marriage, your parents were divorced, different places, you, you barely got through your family life, you're emotionally a wreck, intellectually you think this is what love is. Some of you were molested, and so you consider emotionally that how, I don't understand who I am sexually, I don't understand my attractions, and that needs to be renewed in, the, in your mind and in your soul transformed according to the Word of God and the purpose for your life. Are you with me? How many of you know we're, we're not only driven by this flesh, but we're so damaged in our soul? 
We need our mind renewed. We need it restored. <clears throat> Only God can do that. And so, what about the Spirit? Ah, thank you, Jesus, for the Spirit. God birthed His Spirit in you so that the spirit man that you now possess, that is you, is alive. And immediately when the blood of Jesus was applied to your life and you received the Spirit of holiness, the Holy Spirit within your life, your spirit man came alive perfect in holiness, perfect in righteousness with right relation with God immediately, and fully sanctified. The Spirit is the Spirit of holiness. It dwells within you. How many of you thank God for that? Amen. And now the process of our life is to allow the spirit man to renew our souls and to change the way we think and the way we move and act based on the spirit dictating the word of God and the voice of the spirit and the will of God to the rest of our being. That's in you. You didn't know it was in you. You came to church to get a fix. You read your Bible to maintain just a little while when what you don't realize is you've got a power source in you that never leaves you. It's in you at all times. You don't have to have two fast songs and three slow ones to get worked up in the Spirit. He's there. Always. But we don't live like that. What's the remedy? To live in the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Do you see the construct here? And so what we've done, because we're now born again, is if we would... This is hard to do, by the way. Because we're so locked into our soul and our flesh. Soul and our flesh. Now... That spirit man is birthed. you got to feed that man. Feed the Word of God. Allow him to talk. Pray in the Spirit. Pray through, the, through understanding the mind of Christ. It's all in there in your spirit man. But we always go back to that soul. I know what I'm doing. And so we need to walk by the Spirit and when you pursue the things of the Spirit, you don't gratify the lust of the flesh. When you're so immersed in the Spirit and the awesomeness of who God is, and you begin to discover the grace of God, the love of God, the goodness of God, the joy of God, the peace of God, it passes everything, and faith in God, then what do I need with that stuff? Why would I go back? How many of you see some of your neighbors and friends who are in a marriage where the man beats the woman, he, he rapes, he molests, he, he's horrible to her. Here's your 10 bucks to live for the next month, feed the kids. He's horrible. And she's got black eyes and bruised and she finally breaks free and you go, yes! And then the week later she goes back. And you go, how could you do that? We do it every day! We go back to the flesh. When the Spirit says, kill that thing. Now, I'm not advising you kill that husband. <laughs> Just realize what I said. Let's be careful now. Obey the Spirit, not the flesh. Listen to this. This amazes me. This is 1 Corinthians 3, verses 1 to 3. I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh 
as infants in Christ. See, they're still born again. When he says people of the flesh, another word for that is carnal. Flesh is carnal. He's, this is Paul talking to the Corinthian church. He says, I, I really want to talk to you about some deeper spiritual things. I can't. You're too carnal. Now, are they saved? Yes, they are. They are saved people. But they're only drinking milk. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you're not ready for it. And even now, you're not yet ready. For you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh, behaving only in a human way? Wow. Okay, so let's break this apart for a minute. He's talking to Christians... But which ones? The Corinthians. Oh, you mean the most spiritual ones we have in the New Testament? Where he tells them about the gifts of the Spirit, praying in tongues, prophesying, miracles. This church had all the spiritual gifts. It was, it was overboard on spirit. And what does he say? You're babies and you're carnal. You can have all the functions and operations of the Spirit of God in the gifts and still be fleshly or carnal. He said, I need to feed you meat. You're still on milk. So I believe this is where the church is today. We've got gifts. We've got teaching. We've got everything. But we're not walking in holiness and righteousness and in the meat of doing God's word. There are deep things God wants us to do. He needs to communicate. And we're only acting as mere humans. Wow. Isn't that freaky? Listen to that. Only in a human way. What would be a human way? Being soul and body. Soul and body. But we're more than mere humans. How many of you know that you've been changed? How many of you know that you are no longer a mere human? You are a redeemed person, a saint of the living God. You're a new creation. This creation doesn't exist anywhere else on the earth except in the body of Christ. You have Christ in you. You're no longer merely human. Stop acting like mere humans. Don't behave like a mere human. When someone yells at you, screams at you, and is this and that, don't go back as a mere human. Go as a saint of God. It takes work. He says you're too soulish. Many of us live out our Christian faith from our soul. We base our relationship with Jesus on how we feel. I can change how you feel. Turn that thermostat down. Or turn it up. I can tell you, I can have you change your Christianity by the person you're working next to. We're, we're living our Christianity out of our soul, on our emotional base. Many of us are so wounded from past issues. Jesus wants to bring healing to that and a wholeness to that. The God of peace wants to heal what you were broken over so long ago, so wounded over. But we, we don't heal it through God's ministry, through the spirit man. And we limp along in life with that wound because we live our Christianity based in our emotion and in our intellect and our will. God wants to heal your emotions. God wants to heal your intellect. 
We've got to go into the depth of the Spirit. Does this make sense to you? So I say, walk by the Spirit. So let's read this. 1 Corinthians 14. If I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. Praying in tongues, we call it praying in the Spirit. What is praying at that time? My spirit man. What's unfruitful? My mind, my soul. Within this statement, you see the value of praying in the Spirit. That is available to every believer because you have a spirit. You have a spirit man in you. He talks. How many of you knew that? Your spirit man talks. You've heard him. Sounds like you. Much smarter, though. And accurate to the Word of God. You've heard him before. Don't do that. Or go to that person. He's talking to us. We didn't know our spirit man has a voice. Our spirit man has eyes. Our spirit man has ears. He's got everything the physical body has. But he is a spiritual body of Christ Jesus dwelling in us. And he's talking to us. But we ignore him because we don't even realize he's there. And so we reason everything out based on how we feel and what we think. And that thing's being renewed. That's a retread. We've got to fix that thing up. I hope this is energizing some of you to realize what is available to you. So you need to begin to realize, I've got a spirit man. He goes on, he says this. So if I pray in a tongue, there are languages of my spirit praise, my mind's unfruitful, it doesn't understand. What am I to do? Hmm. I will, this is Paul's will, our own personal will, I will pray with what? My spirit. See, what we as Pentecostals have done is we've said that praying in tongues is waiting for the Holy Spirit. He's got to come from heaven. It takes a little time. Got to get in that mood. Got to get to where you're ready for him. Just not feeling it yet. I don't like that song. Person in front of me has too much perfume on. Where are you, Holy Spirit? Paul said, I will, that is a purposeful decision to pray out of his spirit man. I will pray with my spirit and I will pray with my mind. Because my mind's getting renewed and it's trusting what the Word of God says. You remember when the first time you spoke in tongues, your mind's saying, uh-uh, no, that ain't, I don't understand that whatsoever. I'm the one who controls the language. I'm the one who says what comes out of your mouth. What is that? That's stupid. That's nonsense. And your spirit man saying, please let me talk. Let me pray for you. I got the answer. Because Paul says when we pray in our spirit, we're praying mysteries between us and God. Amen. He said, I will pray with my spirit. I will pray with understanding. And he goes on, I will sing in my spirit. I will sing also with my mind. 1 Corinthians 14.32 The spirit of the prophets are subject to the prophets. Does he mean Holy Spirit? Is the Holy Spirit subject to the prophet? Of course not. Holy Spirit's not subject to the prophet. What is? The spirit man in the prophet is subject to the will of the prophet to decide when to speak, when not to speak, to allow him. Your will can override 
what the spirit man is saying and doing. How many of you have done that before? Everybody in this room should have raised your hand. I'm just trying to help you comprehend what we're talking about this day. So let's look at the models and I'll close. Is this the model? That's typically the model of a newborn Christian. Their body's preeminent, their, emotion, their, their, their drives and lusts. How many of you remember when you got saved and the next thing you did, you got drunk? You got saved and you got high. Because you didn't know any different. Come on. I hear that testimony all the time. You got saved and you didn't move out with that woman you were living with. Because it took, it took you a while. You still had these, you didn't get it oriented right. Oh, let me make it easier on all of you. You got saved and you lied. <laughs> right? So there's a dynamic where we have Christians that are body-focused. In other words, they're driven by their flesh still. And their soul is operating, trying to learn all this Christian stuff and this Jesus stuff and read the Bible. And the spirit man's like, somebody feed me. Right? So there's that dynamic. If that's you, there's hope for you, but you've got to start eating some meat. Stop playing with milk. What about this one? And I'm telling you, and I don't mean any offense to it, I just hope I'm crushing toes. The soul is preeminent. Your thinking, your emotional appeal, your will making the decisions. Your will can stop the spirit man from moving. You've put the body a little less because you're, you're really becoming strong in your Christianity in your emotional base and thinking base. And Paul called that carnal. He called it fleshly. Why? Man, they had all the gifts of the Spirit. Yeah, but they're making their decisions and their choices and they're treating each other in a soulish way. If the church of the Lord Jesus Christ was where it should be in the United States, we would have impacted this nation much better than we have. Because we're trying to reason if we could get the right guy in office. You think that, that's, that's fleshly. That's soulish thinking. You think the right guy in office is going to turn this nation around? Unless it's Jesus Christ, it ain't going to happen. So all of us need to take a look at these, these types. Am I a fleshly, from the body-driven person? Am I a soulish person? But here's where he wants us. I'm telling you people, Ask the Holy Spirit what now, what to do. Listen to the spirit man within you. When he tells you yes or no, when he says come to the word, when he says pray, when he brings someone to your mind, pray for them. Spirit man is, is doing something. When he brings a thought to your mind, write it down. It's got power, impact, because it's coming from your spirit man. When the spirit man says say no to that, don't put your body into that situation. When the spirit man says, stop thinking like that, that's not from me. And he calls out your mind or your emotions. Let the Lord sanctify you. But I say, walk in the spirit. And as Paul said, I conclude, now may the God of peace, Jehovah Shalom himself, 
sanctify you, separate you from the stuff that you used to have. Completely your whole spirit, soul, and body. Why? You can be kept blameless till the time of Christ's return. This is where we're going. This is what God wants in His people. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. This is what's going to change the nation. A spirit-led church. Do you agree? Stand with me this morning. Let's make this final plea and final prayer.